get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kiley. It's BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. There have been a lot of rumors here in St. Louis leading into the trade deadline. David Panyota has been all over it, first with all of the Vladimir Tarasenko news, and now as we get fo- go forward with Ryan O'Reilly, Ivan Barbashev, potentially Nola Chari, David Panyota of the fourth period joins us now here via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. David, we appreciate the time as always, man. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm... Uh... Gear it up for the next what sixteen days, I think. Yeah, it's uh, it, it feels like it's already crazy. been six months, David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, tell me about it. Yeah, especially in the last week, uh, a lot of activity. Obviously, Tarasenko deal kind of leading things off. All the Chikrin stuff over the weekend. The Gabrikov now sitting out in Columbus. Uh, and just, just, yeah, just, just <laughs> a lot going on league wide, and uh, it, it sure is exciting because usually. You know, it's the NBA that gets all the hype around their trade deadline season. And uh, for, for the hockey world, it's hype, 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 and then wah, wah. Well, it looks pretty good right now. Absolutely. So buckle up for the next 16 days leading up to that March 3rd trade deadline. Well, David, let's start with Ivan Barbashev because you've had the report that the asking price is a second-round pick and a prospect, and that has not dropped. And, of course, seven scouts in attendance last night. Barbashev goes off and has a goal and two assists. When you hear the second-round pick and prospect, does that feel, still feel like it's kind of the stuck and it's not moving from there? Or can you see that maybe move up to a first-round pick? Oh, I certainly can. I mean, it, you know, it really is going to come down to what teams get or, or I guess feel that itch and say, you know what, I don't want to mess around anymore. I don't want to wait till the 11th hour because if I lose him, I might lose out on a few other options. So let's just make this happen now. It, it's entirely possible, and that's, you know, the sticker price is a second and a prospect, but I mean, Doug's not going to say no if somebody's coughing up a first. Uh, so it really comes down to setting the market and then letting the buyers kind of basically bid against themselves to see how you can get the biggest return and, uh, and, and, and max the value. There is a ton of interest in Ivan Barbashev. Toronto kind of leads that charge. Tampa's in the mix. Boston's been kicking. I mean, all of the primary teams in a playoff position right now have reached out to find out, A, what's the price? And then once they have that understanding, okay, can we, can we get to that point? Um, or do we want to beat it? Or do we want to focus elsewhere? So there's a ton of interest in Ivan Barbashev. It sounds like he will be moved. It's just a matter of, again, when Doug Armstrong finds the right package that he's comfortable accepting. You think that'll be closer to the deadline? We, we've been talking about this, David, and it, it seems like Ivan Barbashev is the guy that is like, 
the secondary option for every team at every forward position. Like if you miss out on Ryan O'Reilly, he can be your backup center option. If you miss out on a Timo Meyer, he can be your backup option on the wing that can maybe score for you. Right. If you need some more grit, he can bring some of that to the table. Is he like the secondary option for every team right now, basically? Uh, yes. And at the same time, he might be a primary option for some teams. Like he fits the mold of exactly what Tampa's looking for, for example, um, as well as Toronto. But, you know, the, the Leafs are kind of trying to make a big Grand Slam type acquisition here up front and, and are kind of spreading out their options across the board. Some teams like Tampa are narrowing down the type of player they're looking for, and Barbashev fits that mold quite nicely. Um, but some teams, again, may decide we want to wait a little to see if we can get either a similar type player Maybe it works better financially, and it's going to cost less. So that may result in, in things do getting pushed until closer to the deadline, um, either the day before or, or the day of on March 3rd. It, it, again, it, it just comes down. Like some teams may just wake up one day and say, all right, enough of this. Let's just make this happen. And we've seen it, we've seen it before. Um, I'm, I'm sure, you know, if you're St. Louis with so many options and so many assets, you'd like to start getting the ball rolling on a few other guys having already moved out. Mikola and Tarasenko, uh, but because you have so many options right now, especially up front, uh, that there's a deeper pool in the forward market than there is on the defense. Uh, you understand that you might have to be a little bit more patient, and it may result in leading up to the deadline. So, David, speaking of Toronto, I was just having a conversation uh, with my co-host uh, in, in the break. You know, Toronto is an intriguing team if you're a Blues fan because of the capital that you could return if you trade a Ryan O'Reilly or an Ivan Barbashev, or honestly, both of them. And the player that I brought up was their top prospect, or one of their top prospects, Matthew Neese. Apologize if I am mispronouncing his name. Guy who plays for the University of Minnesota, guy who a lot of scouts have said he could be in the NHL next season, a six foot three left winger. I know Kyle Dubas has said that they really don't want to trade that guy. But when it comes to an O'Reilly and or a Barbashev, is that kind of what could be in play for St. Louis in the return? Not from Toronto's side. Uh, Matthew Nyes is a player that um, they're tremendously high on. And everybody that I've spoken to in and around the organization has basically suggested there's no way they're moving him in the rental market. But if you get to a period where it's, it's a guy with term or it's somebody controllable, like Timo Meyer, for example. Um, he, or Kyle Dubas, rather, would be a lot more comfortable including a guy like Nice into that, into that mix, as well as Toronto's got a, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I've been trying to think about it the last few seconds. <laughs> Toronto has a very good young Finnish prospect, defensive prospect. Whatever his name is, uh, <laughs> kind of fits in that same boat. Um, they're, they're tremendously high on him. They don't want to kind of just give away. They don't, they also don't have the deepest of prospect pools. So for these kinds of kids, we're a team that is going to be cap strapped for the foreseeable future. For the most part to bring in these types of, um, of assets, affordable assets to allow them to grow. It, it, it certainly helps when you're trying to stay in contention and keep your window open as long as possible. So, you know, for a guy like that, the Finnish kid, um, they, I, I don't see that being an option. Would they consider moving out, you know, a first-round pick um, as, as part of a package for, you know, an O'Reilly type, for example? They've got their first-round pick the next, you know, few seasons. I could see that being a possibility. I just don't think it would be a combo-type scenario where they would go 
prospect first plus in order to get someone like O'Reilly, for example. Topi Nimala, is that who you're talking about? That is our yes. The sweet. So they, they have. There are two kids on this team that they are tremendously, tremendously high on, and and Nimala is that's the guy. Thank you. Is the guy that <laughs> they're very high on on the back end. So you've got him. You've got Nice up front. Um, they, they've got a couple other pieces that it sounds like they'd be a little bit more. Uh, or, or sorry, a little less reluctant to move in, in that type of scenario. But those are the two kids on Toronto's side that they're just kind of drooling over. We call him Hockey Guy BK That's on right. our show, That's David. Right. Uh, David <laughs> Pagnota <laughs> joining <laughs> us here on 101 ESPN. You can find his work over at The Fourth Period. It is excellent work. And that's also how you can follow him on Twitter, at The Fourth, spelled out, period. Uh, David, I did want to ask you, one of the guys that you've been writing about a little bit over at the fourth period is Colton Pareko and the possibility that his name is coming up in trade discussions. David, what can you tell us on the likelihood that the Blues are actually willing to move Colton Pareko? Where where are the Blues at right now in those discussions, in your opinion? Yeah, it it sounds more so that teams are reaching out and, and have reached out. I don't get a sense that anything is anywhere near imminent by any stretch. But, you know, this is a time of year where teams start to look at additional options. And, okay, if, if Chickering's out, if Carlson's not available, if this guy's out and that guy's out, well, maybe I need to be a little bit more creative and do a little fishing. And this is kind of where the Greco talk has really been the last few weeks. It's not just the last few days. It's been a few weeks now where you're hearing teams just inquiring and seeing what the, what the cost might be and would there be an appetite to properly explore this? Because you know, the other factor here is he's got a full no trade. So that, I mean, ultimately will be if they do get down um, the rabbit hole on this one and, and try to work something out, they'd certainly need to keep him prized of the situation to figure out, okay, would you even consider a move elsewhere because of his contractual status? But, again, this is the time of year. Teams reach out. Some things that you hear are going to be a little bit more far-fetched than others. I don't think... St. Louis would entertain the idea unless they're completely blown away with the prospect of, of an offer. Um, if you get down to that road, then you start applying a little bit of pressure on the player to say, hey, we want to switch things up a little bit. Would you consider waiving? I, I don't think we're, we're near that at this point, nowhere close. But I do know there have been teams that have reached out to, to kind of figure out Calgary was one of them um, to see would this even be a possibility worth exploring. You know, David, we've had a lot of these conversations, and I believe we asked you this about a month ago when you joined us, you know, how the Blues can turn this back around, because a lot of Blues fans have said, like, it's going to take a while. Like, you can't just turn this around for how bad they've been this season. A lot of it is because of the defensemen and where they're tied up in. In your opinion, if they go that direction where they're able to maybe ship out, and maybe it's not Pareko, maybe it's a Tory Krug or a Justin Falk, somebody that they've got on the defensive side, is that how they can turn this around quicker? It would help. Um, you know, it, it certainly would. When you look at, and, and I look to, to Vancouver, I'm not comparing the two situations because they're totally different. But in some of the messaging from Vancouver's management, specifically the president of hockey ops, Jim Rutherford, he indicated with their situation that in order for them to properly retool, they have to move money out. They need to have more flexibility in order to make changes that they'd like to make. In order to do so, they have to move money out. That's what they've been trying to do. In order to and, and St. Louis is much further along, I think, in terms of what they've got with their young core, with the goaltending, and, and, and everything on this team, quite frankly. Uh, but when you get to a scenario where you need to uh, 
fill some of the holes you you believe you have. It can't always be through free agency, and it's not always done through the system. You've got to be able to look to see. I I, I want to add this piece. This is the type of player that I think would benefit our club and fit well with our club. How do we make that happen? How can we create space? Well, you look at your options and you look at your roster and you go, okay, well, where's where's an area of strength? We've got you know, four defensemen really that make big dollars if you include Nick Letty in there, um, who's a little bit older, certainly. But you look at them and you go, okay, there might be a scenario where we might have to move out one of these players in order to better ourselves from the long run. So that's where that kind of comes into play here. I haven't heard Falk, to be honest. Um, Krug, some whispers, but I think it falls into the same Pareko discussion of just inquiries and, and trying to see if there might be an appetite to, to explore that. But you're right. I mean, if you're looking at um, trying to expedite the retool process, which is something that Doug Armstrong would like to do, that's an option that he could certainly explore. So some of these conversations that you're talking about, David, would almost have to be a hockey trade because of the way that the cap is yeah. right now and so many teams being right up against it. When I hear about the possibility of a hockey trade, though, that almost feels like an off-season type of a discussion as, to, as opposed to something that could happen in the here and now leading up to the March 3rd trade deadline. Are some of these exploratory conversations in your mind something where it's like, hey, Doug Armstrong is talking to all of these other general managers to set up what this offseason could bring, and then maybe some of these conversations are acted upon as we get closer to you know early July, late June? It happens all the time, every year. Um, this time of year, if you can't get something done by whatever the trade deadline is, it, you, you've set some groundwork for discussions that could be explored down the road. They may say, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll take a look at this again in the summer, and you don't really hear much. There's not a, a significant amount of communication, say, from April through May. But once June rolls around, you get closer to the draft. There's more of an itch to make changes. There's more of an opportunity to. Um, that definitely happens. It happens all the time. Um, so you could certainly see a scenario play out where things have started now, but they don't get to the finish line until draft time or, or right before or after uh, after free agency. I mean, you know, these types of hockey type moves, there's a lot of dominoes that have to fall in order for some of these things to happen. And with Calgary, for example, as a team that has at least reached out just to find out, you know, what would it take to even make this possible with respect to Pareko, that kind of was initiated for two things. One, they're in a lot of trouble in Calgary. Um, this season's not gone as well as they thought. There's a lot of uh, apprehension with respect to how this roster can continue moving forward. Some players have not done well. How can we retool on the fly, so to speak, to get this team back into contender status, not just from a playoff perspective, but one of the top three teams in their Pacific. So you look at that, you, you hear about inquiries with respect to guys like a Jacob Chikrin or a Colton Pareko, because other teams are now creeping around. Like Ottawa, for example, has reached out to Calgary and said, if you get to a point where you need to make some serious changes and need to move out some money, we will take Mackenzie Weger away from you. He's got a brand-new eight-year extension that kicks in July 1 that includes a no-trade clause, complicates things at that point, gives Calgary a little bit of flexibility now to pursue these types of scenarios. So this is all part of the framework of not only trying to make something happen now if all the pieces come into play, or you continue that discussion in June closer to the NHL draft and you hope you can execute at that point. A Pareko for Uyghur framework of a deal, Panyota. Who says no there? <laughs> between between the two? I, um, I, I don't get the sense that 
these two teams, St. Louis and Calgary, have discussed that potential. Um, but they should. They have, then, <laughs> then, then, right. I mean, if you're St. Louis, I would, certainly. Um, but, but uh, I mean, those are just some of the, some of the things that have been, you know, kind of floating around right now. And I do know at least one team, like I said, Ottawa is a team that's made it known that if, if Calgary wants to move Mackenzie Weger in whatever, or for whatever reason, they would not only take him, but take the full contract too, um, in, in some type of transaction. So if I'm St. Louis or another team, and this is starting to get, you know, the winds are getting greater and greater and louder and louder. Uh, I suspect that there'll be more inquiries from, this player in Calgary. David, final thing. We'll get you out of here on this. We just got about a minute left here. Uh, Brock Besser is a name that has been brought up here in St. Louis a bit, just in terms of kind of the, the same kinds of discussions that you were talking about with Vancouver of, Hey, if, if the blues decided to switch, make some like significant changes on their roster is Besser a guy that would make sense. Probably not at the deadline, but maybe as we get closer into the off season, is he a guy that you expect to get moved as we get closer to the deadline? Or do you think that's more of an off season discussion for Besser as well? We're trying Vancouver has been trying for, for some time here to try to, to make something happen. Um, and, and to move out of, well, to, to augment the roster, which is exactly what they want to do. And the money situation, 6.65 million per year, that's something they'd like to do too. So much so that his agent, Ben Hankinson, um, has been fully engaged in this process and trying to help facilitate uh, a trade going back to Calgary. They had discussions as, as early, I mean, as late as yesterday, with respect to Besser and Luke Shen, um, we'll see how those kind of those discussions continue. But there is a lot of interest in Besser. It's just a matter of the money working out. I do know if Vancouver can find a way to get somebody in their first or second pair uh, on the right side of their defense and include Besser as the primary piece in some type of deal, hmm. I think that would be their primary objective. They'd love to be able to pull that off, quite frankly. I just don't know if that's realistic right now based on his performance this season. Hey, David, we appreciate the time, man. This has been great to be able to catch up. We'll talk with you again, hopefully, as we get closer to the trade deadline. Great work over at the fourth period. Uh, thanks so much for giving us a little bit of information today. You got it. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate thanks, it. David.